and welcome to Sese Say So. This is a biology revision podcast aimed to help you with your GCSE biology revision. Each episode focuses on a different biological topic and in this episode we will be looking at the topic human nutrition part two. By the end of this episode you should be able to describe the structure and functions of the alimentary canal and its associated organs, and describe and explain how the small intestine is adapted to carry out its function. So without further ado, let's get into it. Last episode, we saw how humans need a balanced diet made up of seven food groups in order to survive. And just a quick reminder, those seven food groups were proteins, lipids, carbohydrates, fiber, minerals, vitamins and water. In this section, we are going to look at what happens once those nutrients have entered the body. Now, food can only provide function for the body if it is absorbed into the bloodstream and in turn into the body cells. The issue with the food that we eat, it is too big to directly move into our cells. It needs to be broken down or digested. In biology, digestion is the breakdown of a large insoluble molecule into small soluble molecules. This can either be done mechanically with the use of teeth and muscular contractions in the stomach or chemically via the use of enzymes and stomach acid. The digestive system contains what's called the alimentary canal. This is a long tube that food passes down, starting from your mouth and ending in your anus. There are also a number of organs, each with their own specific function to aid digestion. The mouth. This is where digestion begins. The teeth breaks down food mechanically into smaller pieces that have a larger surface area for enzymes to further break them down. The esophagus. This is a tube-like structure that connects the mouth to the stomach. A process known as peristalsis takes place here. This is the contracting and relaxing of muscles in the wall of the esophagus. It assists with the movement of food through the alimentary canal. The stomach. This stores food for a few hours. It also contains hydrochloric acid and pepsin. Hydrochloric acid helps to break down food and also kills bacteria. Pepsin is a protease. This is an enzyme that specifically breaks down proteins into peptides. The pancreas. This contains a cocktail of different enzymes that help to further break down food. The liver. This produces a substance known as bile. It's a green liquid that emulsifies, in biology that basically means breaks down, lipids from large globules to small droplets. Bile is also alkaline, so neutralizes stomach acid. The gallbladder. Nice and simple, this stores bile. The small intestine. This is where absorption of nutrients take place. The large intestine also referred to as the colon, absorbs liquids leaving the formation of feces. And finally, the anus. This is the site of feces removal from the body. And on that note, it's time for the first pit stop. In this pit stop, you have to identify which organ from the digestive system is being described in each statement. Number one, this organ is the site of bile production. Number two, this organ is where liquids are absorbed, resulting in the formation of feces. And then finally, number three, this organ is where bacteria is killed and proteins are broken down into peptides. Okay, pause the podcast, think about your answers to those statements. 
Say them out loud if you wish or write them down and we'll be back with the answers in three, two and one. So for this pit stop, you had to identify which organ from the digestive system was being described. So number one, this organ is the site of bile production. The correct answer for that is the liver. Number two, this organ is where liquids are absorbed, resulting in the formation of feces. The correct answer for that is the large intestine. If you said the colon, that is just as correct. And then finally, number three, this organ is where bacteria is killed and proteins are broken down into peptides. The correct answer for that is the stomach. So if you got those answers correct, great job. And now it's time for us to move on into the final segment. As mentioned earlier, food is only of use to humans once it has been absorbed. The small intestine is where nutrients are absorbed. Absorption takes place after the breakdown of large insoluble molecules into small soluble molecules. For example, proteins are broken down and absorbed as amino acids. Large carbohydrates such as starch and glycogen are broken down and absorbed as glucose. Lipids are broken down and absorbed as glycerol and fatty acids. Absorption of these small soluble nutrients takes place at the small intestine. So the small intestine can be split into three main parts, the duodenum, the jejunum and the ileum. Absorption takes place in the final part, the ileum. Now in order for absorption to take place, the ileum displays many adaptions to make sure that this happens efficiently. For example, the lining of the ileum has a large surface area. This is provided by finger-like projections called the villi. Now if you see the term villus, don't get confused, villi is simply the plural whereas villus is the singular. The presence of millions of villi means the area of contact for digested food is large. Another example is the surface area is further increased by the presence of projections on the surface of each villus called microvilli, which means more nutrients can be absorbed efficiently. Another example, each villus is in close contact with blood capillaries. This helps to maintain a concentration gradient, so nutrients always move down a concentration gradient from the small intestine into the blood. And finally, another example of an adaption is that each villus contains a lacteal. This is a specialized structure that absorbs glycerol and fatty acids. If you remember, these are digested lipids. These adaptions allow efficient absorption of nutrients into the blood and then into the cells and tissues. This allows those cells and tissues to create new parts and this is called assimilation. Okay, well it's time for the final pit stop. These are the end of episode summary questions, so get a notepad, book or you can use your phone so that you can write down the answers. Question number one. How many parts is a small intestine split into and what are the names? Question number two. What are the two types of digestion and give examples? And then finally, question number three. How does the small intestine have a large surface area? Okay, well, pause the podcast, give yourself a chance to write down the answers. You can rewind the podcast a few seconds back so that you can listen to the questions again. And we'll be going over the answers in three, two, and one. Okay, the first end of episode summary question asks, how many parts is the small intestine split into and what are the names? 
The correct answer for this is it's split into three parts and then the names are the duodenum, the jejunum and the ileum. Question number two. This asks what are the two types of digestion and then give examples. So the two types of digestions are mechanical digestion and chemical digestion. An example of mechanical digestion can be the teeth or the stomach muscles and then examples of chemical digestion can be enzymes or the stomach acid. And then question number three, how does the small intestine have a large surface area? The correct answer for this is due to the presence of villi. This increases the surface area and then also the presence of microvilli, which further increases the surface area. Okay, well, if you got the answers to those questions, well done, great job. And now we're going to move on into the closing segment. So there you have it, human nutrition part two in a nutshell. Remember, these episodes are here for your listening pleasure, so take full advantage of them. Be sure to follow me on my social platform at Cesse Says So on Instagram for daily biological updates. Join me again for the next episode where I will be reviewing the topic plant nutrition. Why? Because Cesse says so. Yeah.